and welcome to Tell the Damn Story, the podcast that celebrates the trials and tribulations, the challenges and joys of creativity, and hopefully, along the way, helps you decide how you want to tell your damn story. And today, we're going to speak about telling that damn story really well through technology, despite everything that 2020 has thrown at people. Uh, and who's gonna who's gonna talk to you about that? Well, it's me, Chris Ryan. I am now. I can now officially call myself a hyphenate author, both independently and traditionally published. Thank you very much. Okay, there we go. But, but if we're honest, that would not be enough. What we need to bring in the masses, to really <laughs> tell the damn story, is what we, we need, a living legend. But <laughs> Orson Welles was not available. <laughs> what we, who we have with us every week. This is one of the joys of the podcasting universe. We have the legendary comic book scribing, iconic teenage detectives writing, great underused character developing, wonderful mystery solving dog uh, telling, <laughs> and the globe trotting creator of the world renowned Blackjack, the African American soldier of fortune set in the 1930s, whose adventures reflect today's problems. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the one, the only, the iconic. <laughs> Award-winning. <laughs> you said all that. Incredibly <laughs> handsome. Oh well. Alex Simmons, serious <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the one and all. Okay, hey everybody, hey, how you doing? Oh, great band we have here today. I can't hear any, any of them. <laughs> 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 Our sponsors this week, Milton Berle. Okay, no, no, it's an old comedian. He's dead. Ha, huh, so good. Good day to you, sir. Good day good to you, day, Chris. Good day. So well, you know, it's uh. <laughs> Rick. <sighs> Yesterday was Halloween. Yes, it was. And today is All Souls Day. No, All, 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 all no. Saints Day. All Saints all Day. Saints yeah, Day. right, right. Tomorrow is All Souls Day. All and then Souls on Tuesday, Tuesday. Day. the locusts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and for, for an extra 10 points, what story talks about an invasion of insects? Okay, let's see who can go back and, and let us know. Just write that in. Drop it in the ding, comments. Ding, ding, ding. For 400, the answer is 2020. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, kind of true. All right, so um, we, we are not. moved by we are moved by um, in many things in 2020 this year, you know, and there's been highs and lows, and we're still waiting for lowers, body blows and, and things like really that. deeply lows. Yeah, right, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that we won't joke about that has occurred, and and we feel for that, and and we've respected that throughout our episodes. But one of the things that we are inspired by, maybe a little amazed by, intrigued by, is human creativity in the face of. You know, there's so many things in history you can look at where society got hit with wham, whatever it was, and somehow we made it through and we created something or built something or just survived it with remarkable fervor. And so here we are, He's here we true. are, what was was it March that all this sort of hit like like a sledgehammer yeah. from since, Thor? Since March 12th. Yeah. Okay. And and industries and businesses and corporations all took it in the gut. Many of them have closed 
or are in dire distress. And yeah. one of the big questions was what was going to happen to the entertainment industry? Right. Because Broadway is still closed, and that's New York Broadway. So, you know, just imagine theaters across the country, you mm -hmm. know, where, where, where people gathered in a crowd to see a live show, concerts, things like that. They took a hit. And some of that's been transferred to another methodology we'll talk about. But then also movies and TV shows, things that yeah. tried and true, you yeah. know, for 10 years or more, and they came to a screeching halt. But look at what technology has allowed the creatives to do. And, and, and talk about. before we get into heavy tech, your, your build-up there, it reminded me that we really should shout out a comedian, believe it or not. Um, the comedy industry is closed down like everything else, right? Mm -hmm. But Dave Chappelle, out where he lives, <laughs> he rented this big field and erected a stage and he social distancing seating and all that. And they have the seats in a circle, you know, like uh, like a cloth circle around them and all yep. that stuff. So everybody, and, and Chappelle started doing shows. And then he started bringing out, I mean, amazing lineups of comedians so they could do shows. Now, Chappelle has um, turned those shows over to, uh, you know, He's got a contract with Netflix and that kind of stuff. So the nation got to see those right. comedy and all that stuff mm -hmm. in front of this ingeniously created uh, live audience. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was able to do, after George uh, Floyd was uh, killed, um, he was able to do that piece, which was uh, artistic and dramatic. And there was some humor in it, but it was really from the heart. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, a, a great uh, creative way around this world-stopping virus, right? Um, so that is a kind of a low-tech way to get that, you know? Big fields, mm -hmm. spread people out, you know? Campaigns, uh, some campaigns, not all campaigns, we're not going to get into the difference of that, but, you know, used um, similar kind of techniques. Drive -in, kind of the drive-in movie mode yep. where you stay in the car. Kevin Smith has done, and I'm sure a couple others have done, live appearances at theaters to roll their movie. Um, and everyone's in the car and you honk and you, you know, that instead of laughing, you honk and all that sort of stuff. Um, or you, you honk while you're laughing or whatever. Um, <laughs> so interesting kind of ways to, to find. For us to still interact and yeah. still you know, connect in, the, in those, those new ways or different ways. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And we're, we're um, I want to talk about James McMurtry, who is a uh, singer-songwriter. Singer-songwriter, uh, his father is uh, uh, Larry McMurtry, um, Lonesome Dove, and other novels like that. And, and he's, uh, he's a singer-songwriter, um, particularly good writer, uh, biting sarcasm, like stuff. And like many others, he has been doing weekly live shows from his house on Facebook Live, and mm -hmm. you know, he's got like Venmo or something, and you know, send some money if you want, you know? Former student of mine, uh, uh, now called Rogue, she's a DJ in Brooklyn, and she has a collective, a collective of uh, uh, DJs that will, it's kind of like what a DJ set would sound like in a club, or, you know, if a DJ did an album of mixes, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, but again, 
you know, you go a little Venmo uh, uh, donation and you get to hear all that. Um, Questlove has been doing uh, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube, all these different places at the same time. And he's got, you know, his DJ, uh, he DJs besides drumming uh, for, um, uh, I think it's The Tonight Show. Um, but he'll do it and he'll do a theme song, you know, theme nights, like, you know, uh, Prince Night, Prince Night Part Two, 70s Soul, that all kind of, you know, mm -hmm. breakup songs, Stevie Wonder, you know, and he's DJing for three or four hours, something like that, you know, and then he'll have conversations and all that. Um, so there's tons of people who are out there doing things. Um, working the web. Yeah, working the web. Um, the Zoom uh, cast reunions have been interesting. You know, um, there's a couple of people who have done original material. Um, I forget. I'm sorry to the people who have done this, but a group did a horror Zoom where, you know, it's the typical horror movie where there's somebody killing everybody that we know. And that mm -hmm. But they're all on a Zoom. Yeah. You know, so, you know, tip that I had, there is a, a resilience to artistry. You know, the need to tell the story, the need to be out there and doing things. There are, there are, you know, great actors who are doing scenes and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then it, we're, we're coming up to one of the things that we were talking about the other well, day. Well, you, you, you sort of like laid a lot of groundwork there. And there's a couple of things I want to throw in there uh, but, as well. Um, you know, and, and you know, as do some of our, our listeners might, might know, I teach screenwriting at the New York Film Academy here in New York. And we have a, this an interesting, interesting cornucopia of students. Uh, when I tend to say that to some people, they think, oh, you know, kids. Well, yes, yeah, some of them are, you know, late teens, early 20s. But there's an, a larger array. There's some people in their 30s, 40s, 50s. And they're from different parts of the world. And when COVID, prior to COVID hitting, it was tons of people coming to New York and taking the classes in the building down there uh, in lower Manhattan. But once COVID hit and really set in, many people had to go back to their respective countries or whatever state they're from, and it's been a Zoom thing. And what I found is, you know, the first challenge was taking the class. You know, I teach screenwriting there, but there were tech classes where, you know, hands-on camera and things like that, they had to go by the wayside. And then there were, you know, those, those projects that you were going to get to shoot with original or professional equipment, but now you couldn't because the equipment was in New York and you're in... You know, you're in Nebraska or you're in Japan. And so it's like, well, why bother writing? And I think one of the things that was admirable and, and amazing to watch and a challenge, but amazing, was how many kids or students fought through that heavy, oppressive feeling of why bother or there's no way or what's the point? or it's never going to be as good, fought through that, worked through that, you know, supporting each other or dealing with their, interacting with their teachers, and wrote their scripts, wrote these stories. Some of them totally different stories than they would have done originally because, yeah, the world had changed. And others found ways to write that story that they wanted to do originally with a few little changes or no changes at all. But they got from beginning to end. They completed it. 
And once getting that far, many of them then became even more clever or more inventive and started to work out ways to shoot it. Yes, yeah. it's not going to be the way I originally wanted. I'm not going to be able to audition the way I originally wanted. I'm not going to be able to do this the way I want. But I can do this. We can do that. We can. And it was wonderful. Just, you know, again, my, my job is to be there and help them keep their minds open and flexible. But it was wonderful watching them begin to grasp it's not over. And, and here's the story I want to tell. And damn it, I'm going to tell that story. Well, so we have a couple of them that were very interesting, you know, in terms of what they turned out. And I'm, I'm really very proud of them. It's, it's an interesting version of the advice that Robert McKee always uh, offered, uh, the great screenwriting uh, lecturist, among yeah. other things. Um, he would say, paint your characters into a corner because under that duress, create their creativity and their character comes out. And the same thing has happened here with, um, us. Yeah. you know, we're all painted into a COVID corner, you know, and again, Ooh, when, nice, nice, not, nice alliteration there. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, but we're not underplaying that or, or ignoring the seriousness or the loss, but um, creators needing to create are in a bind there and the way they're figuring out oh I can do this on my phone or I can do it this way um, and it's brilliant it's really brilliant it even goes down you know I'm even seeing in high school I've passed the baton of the journalism class to uh, a former student of mine who's my colleague now and good friend and um, to watch him have his students do things with their you know, they're doing little videos and sh sh mm -hmm. and then I saw that technology. He also is the drama guy. So all the officers of the um, drama club did a little video introducing themselves. And it was just so cool, you know, that, all right, this is, you know, you, you worry about how this generation of students is going to be affected through you know coronavirus limiting them so much most mostly limiting them to their house or whatever or their apartment mm -hmm. or their room or a corner of that place where they dwell while other things are going on you know but to see them finding ways to do what they have to do is uh, there's a potential there to grow a generation that is resiliently independent Resiliently independent and works the are, are, are practicing out of the box thinkers. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the things that crippled uh, certainly generation before them in a lot of ways. I remember, and I wish I could remember the name of the gentleman who wrote the article. But it was a gentleman who wrote an article. He graduated from a very Ivy League university years before. And he said he always went back to uh, the graduating class presentations towards the end of, just before they graduated, they would do these wonderful presentations on you know, theories that people had come up with or scientific projects they wanted to work on, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And he said, um, this was two years ago that I read the article, he said that he found over the, the past couple of years of going back, the presentations had been less and less inspiring, had been less and less impressive from the younger bodies. And what he began to realize was, you know, whatever society was doing, as a whole, to young minds, it was stagnating them. Right. Even, the, even the more brilliant minds that were supposedly coming to this university, because this is where you bring them, this is where it all springs forth from, he was watching the decline. He was watching it happen over a couple of years, three years. Well, if, if you spend your life like this, 
instead of like this. Yeah. You and know. We're not, you know, able to see this. If you spend your your life with your head in your hand, in your cell phone, or in the hole in the ground, and not looking around and looking up, then you miss so much. Absolutely. I watch, uh, you know, I watch a lot of my former students, uh, you know, what they do on social media. And the ones who are growing have stopped being obsessed with selfies. Mm. Been uh, um, become obsessed with other things, you know, making a statement, uh, protesting or, 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 or screaming for social change or something like that. Or you know, giving up the stage to the child that's been born to them, you know, whatever. Um, well, I, I think also it's, it's, it's really, and again, we're, we're talking about creatives predominantly, you know, people who want to create something artistic, whether it's, you know, writing or right. uh, finding your voice, finding the stories that you want to talk about, whether again, it's, it's a slice of life, human nature, societal, environmental, whatever, whatever is your passion. Right. Finding your voice and finding your medium is, again, what we're talking about. Because COVID did, for a while, slap individuals, corporations, and companies alike right across the face. Right. Slam the door and, on the fingers. And, and I, go ahead. No, okay. I was going to say, and, and, and brought people to a screeching halt for a period of time. And what's beautiful and encouraging is within that period of time where we all stood there going, what the, someone went, well, wait a minute, let's, let, let's try this. Right. Or, you know, I found a, let's, right. let, let's widen that crack. And that's what started to happen. People began to find, and I'm not talking about the, the and I'm going to be non-PC here. I'm not talking about the idiotic, oh, the hell with it. Let's just do what we want to do thing. I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about people. But, uh, we did see some evidence of that, but, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but the majority of it, we're talking about people who have found ways to, to not be shackled by this thing and to go forth and tell stories. And we're going to talk a little bit more about yeah. them specifically as we move and, forward. And I have a two-step transition to get in there. Oh, I, I don't want okay. to. No. So, okay. so one is. Just let that one go. Okay, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. It, it brought a, a tear to the left-hand corner of my right-hand eye. There so, you go. Uh, I, I, I noticed a glimmer there. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think that was uh, Bromberg I just quoted. All right. So um, for those who are stuck into, you know, staring at the phone and social media and self-involved in that way, um, I would suggest watching, and I believe it's on Netflix, The Social Dilemma, where top executives from those social medias that you obsess with talk about, oh my God, we made a mistake. <laughs> it is a sobering, thought-provoking um, uh, documentary. And um, it also says it's not too late. These people who were the architects of this have redirected their lives and everybody else can do that as well. And one of the things we're seeing is that people are, you know, people are finding ways to use the social media, uh, you know, for other things than making duck lips, you know? Um, and they go in and say, how can I be creative with this? How can I express myself with this? How can I be part of a community with this? And to extend that great use of technology to 
one of the furthest debris that you and I have witnessed and talked about. We have to go to the very exciting uh, Disney show, The Mandalorian, which uh, season two just uh, kicked off on Friday. And some would say, how the hell do they have a season two? Already. Amid COVID. Yeah. And it's because of the use of technology. You know, they took, uh, and I'm, I'm shorthanding this, so anyone who has a better explanation of this, please, 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 please put it in the uh, comments and we will uh, thank you. And, you know, if, if someone's knowledge, someone we know knows all that. Then don't ask your about how. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but in essence, they took CGI technology and instead of just making it a backdrop, they created a studio where every surface are CGI screens, you know? So the floor, the walls, ceiling, and then they created the technology where all of it would work in concert. concert. So um, if, say, the Mandalorian walks across, the angle changes so he looks like he's walking across a desert or, or you know, some battlefield or, you know, a nice cafe where they have a great double latte. I don't, whatever, wherever he is, you know. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm seeing some, some, some branding here and some product placement possibilities. Right. Okay. The Mandalorian Cafe. Yeah. Um, but that idea has got to be obsessing uh, Hollywood right now. If, if, if not, I'm, I'm, baffled as to why you know that disney can continue creating in a very what turns out to be a very small scale because they're in the one studio they have a uh tight crew who they test constantly you know and everybody is covid free and working to create you know and one of the beautiful things is that you know um farval uh, uh tabro excuse me and uh, Dave Filoni and, and the know to get the story right first mm -hmm. and then get a great cast who will deliver that story and execute that story well and then the tech guys behind it to create the visuals as dynamically and that's how you have a really great show that first episode of season two was a joy when we needed it or at least I needed it more than anything I had just gotten shut down for the second time in 2020. I'm a teacher during the day and as of Thursday, you know, ninth period, I'm giving the quarterly exam remote students. I'm in school, they're at home, and I get this email, which in, in essence goes, shh. <laughs> the end of the day, take everything you need and get out of here! <laughs> get out! Run! You know, the public health department older came rolling down the hall behind you. Yeah, they said the COVID numbers were going up too high and, and closed the school. So for the second time in 2020, where you see me now is where I'm teaching from. And it really shuts down the life. So I grabbed as much as I can. And, and I tell you what, Thursday night and Friday doing all the I, I had all these lessons ready for Friday and I had to do them from here. Um we um, we did a, a, a piece on the Jersey Devil, which was really fun. All three of my classes, I just altered it a little bit. So, you know, 
but I'm still here. I'm not seeing the kids and all that sort of stuff. And then Friday night, I sit down. I'm like, I'm bummed. I'm bummed. Oh, my God. It's, we're back here again. We're doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's weird because the whole world didn't shut down, just chunks of it, which is strange, right? And then um, The Mandalorian starts, you know? And I tell you what, your godson. Mine, you know, mine, folks, mine, not yours, mine, yes. Alex's godson is my son, Tyler. And he gave us, he gave me a preview while I was waiting for the wife to come home, the goddess. Um, he's upstairs watching The Mandalorian and cheering and yelling and screaming. So I knew something was going to happen. So it was like my last gasp of, you know, can I get out of my own funk? You mm-hmm. know, and that's a big key during 2020. If you can get out of your own funk, if you can get out of your own way and stop staring, stop staring at the escape and try and figure out how to express yourself. Well, we sat down and we watched The Mandalorian and it was riveting and exciting like the best Star Wars moments. And I said, oh, my God, we can still be creative. You know? Okay, so so let me just, for, for those of you who are thinking, are they plugging The Mandalorian? Is, I mean, Yes, that's just, our sponsor today. Yeah, yeah, right. Thank just you, Favreau. We'll episode. send a bill. No, no, we're not. We get no money from Disney, and, and, and I'm mad about that. <laughs> the reality here is, you know, what... They the, have our money. <laughs> what, you, what you just heard Chris do is in real life respond to the power of stories respond to the power of good storytelling respond to the power of creativity in dealing with emotional distress oppression and so forth um yeah when you get next morning i got up and was creative when you get the right people together and they are focused on doing the job bringing their a game and delivering from script on up then you have a chance at creating something remarkable and something that impacts on people. Not everything that we create, not every story told is uh, a slice of life story about someone's, the human spirit conquering over uh, adversity or diversity problems or whatever. Sometimes stories are just stories, but yet we can connect with them in such a way that they empower us or they lift us. And I think that those are the things that, you know, we always strive to talk about, to find, to encourage people to create, you know, in your own way, in your own genre, you know, in your own topic. Uh, but, you know, this is this is absolutely... Uh, I think I told on one of my episodes, and this is one of our episodes, uh, I'm not trying to usurp the show, you folks. Um, I told in one of the episodes, uh, again, about one of my students from the Film Academy. This is some years back. It was like my first That's year. the uh, New York Film Academy? The New York, as opposed to the uh, the Michigan one, yeah. <laughs> so well, you know, they actually are. If, if know, we can drop Disney's name, yeah, we can drop yeah. your employer's name. This is just <laughs> one of my employers. Yeah. So we got the New York Film Academy, we got the Florida Film Academy, and we got the LA Film Academy. They're all out there doing their thing. But at the New York Film Academy in Lower Manhattan, you know, okay. Um, a few years back, when I first, I think I'd only been with them about a year. One of my students was a young man from China, and he'd come to New York, and he was he'd been he was taking the year-long program. So it was towards the end of that; it was his last semester, and he had filmed uh, his thesis film, and I had helped him work up his script, and I saw what he shot in class. I mean, we had a little screening, mini screening, and afterwards I had a chance to ask him. I said, "You know, I'm just curious what." What prompted this idea in your head? Where does this uh, particular idea for this story come from? 
And so I'm just going to quickly tell you the story ever so slightly, not, not the whole thing. But it's two buddies, two friends, two adult males who vie for a job at the same company at the same time. They are interviewed by the same person within the same period of time. And uh, let's call him Buddy A is very excited and happy that they had a good interview. And he hopes that he and his friend get the job or at least his friend might get a job there. But either way, it's very good. And he goes out. Buddy B slips some money to the interviewer to guarantee he's going to get something, right? And sure enough, he does. And then for a certain period of time as they work for this company, Buddy B turns out not to be that, but a, that really good a friend and keeps his other friend down, keeps him down. Uh, he winds up working in a lower-end job. He winds up stealing his friend's girlfriend and marrying her. And, and the two of them, the, the wife and this dude, are rubbing his friend's face in it every chance, putting him down, just beating him down. It goes on for a few years until the first, you know, the first one decides, oh, the hell with this. This is over. This is over. I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to get at him. He finds out what this guy's done. And so he figures the only way he can really hurt this, this ex-friend of his is if he hurts the wife. And if he hurts the wife, what's the worst he can do? Kill her. So he's going to push her off a subway platform. Okay, he's going to push her. He knows where she, how she goes home every day. He stations himself behind her on the platform, trains coming in, gets his hands ready, and at the last possible second, he can't do it. Train comes in. She realizes he was behind her. There's this frozen moment. He turns and he walks away. So, you know, I, they, they shot this on the platform in New York and, you know, some other things that he had done. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, once again, where did this idea come from? And what he tells me is this, and again, I'm going to abbreviate this. When he was a little boy in China, he lived in a city, a certain city there, and he and three of his friends were on the street in front of his apartment building playing, just, you know, like kids do, playing out there in front of your house. And he says from down the street and around the corner, he hears this noise. They hear this noise, this roaring kind of sound. And suddenly around the corner comes this mob of people. And at first they thought it was protesters you know, chanting or whatever it was. They didn't know what it was. They're, they're young kids, like maybe, you know, eight, ten years old. And they're watching as this mob's coming up the streets, filling the street, and it's just coming. And then he realizes that the mob is an angry mob. And then he realizes that people within that mob are striking down pedestrians on the street. They have clubs, sticks, machetes, and they're just not taking people down as this swarm is coming towards them. So he and his friends turn and they run for his building. Uh, there's a shot fired. One of his friends gets hit and goes down. There's somebody with a machete who, who literally hacks the arm of a, a little girl that he was playing with. He makes it into the building. The door is on some sort of slam lock. He gets in and runs upstairs to his apartment. And, and he's frightened. He's there with one of his parents. And they make it through the night. The following day, he's looking out the window. And there are fire trucks on the block. And they're hosing down the streets. And he's thinking, what are they doing? There was no fire here. Just, you know, things were broken and people were hurt. And then he realizes they're hosing down the blood. And he says he's, yeah, he says he's looking at this. And in his little young mind, he is thinking, There's, there, there can't be, there's no way that human beings could become so lost or so immersed or so poisoned by evil that they would let this happen, that something wouldn't stop them at that last moment and something decent in them wouldn't stop. And he always wanted to do a story about that. 
And so coming to New York and studying at the Film Academy, of course, he did not have the resources or the location to shoot the actual event. So he shot this representation. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. Now, again, I spent months with him helping him develop the story. And I worked on the characters and stuff with him and made sure he was digging for, you know, what he wanted. But I had no idea that the inspiration for that short film was that incident in his life. So somehow he, he felt good. You know, he wasn't like, oh, gee, I wish I'd had that. But he said, you know, maybe one day I will. But he finally was able to tell some form of that story. And it made him feel like he'd achieved something. So, you know, the power of storytelling, even on, you know, a buck and a half budget, is still significant if you've got your heart and your passion and your soul and you're trying to say something with your story. Let me say this about that. Um, I didn't know where you were going when you started this story. I had never heard that story before. Uh, the mob story is horrifying. Um, but that this person wanted to tell some form of that and show some hope Again, we've been trying to avoid political, but um, it's really a timely tale to tell, Alex. Mm -hmm. and, uh, thank you for telling that. Um, this next week is a huge challenge for our uh, United States of America. Mm -hmm. No matter who wins, yep. it is a huge challenge. And, and the very frightening word or phrase, civil war, has been bandied about far too far too often in the last month or so or two months or six months for me to be um, uh, relaxed about it, mm -hmm. not take it seriously. And to be able to tell a story about finding common decency when, you know, when push was really coming to shove, uh, that's an important thing to remember this week. And yeah. I believe in America and I believe in the idea of America. And um, I'm hoping that's, that's what shines through. But uh, we can hope for, we can work towards, we can do what we do. And, and no matter what happens, no, no, let me be more specific. If what many of us that I know are hoping for doesn't happen, then we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It, it, there's nothing like, oh, yeah. click your heels three times. There's yeah, a lot being, of work. To be wriggling the nose and it's all back together again. No, no, it's not. Whatever way it goes, there's going to be work to do, but we're going to have a lot more that goes a certain way. Um, but, you know, once again, human history has been represented in so many ways, so many different genres. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, you know, everybody listening, you can ask yourself, what is my favorite genre either to enjoy or to participate in, whether it's, you know, romance or, or, or sci-fi or mystery or horror or whatever. There are stories in all those genres that are really speaking about human history, social justice or injustice, so forth and so on. So any genre is a wide open blank slate for you to, to write your stories on. And again, going back to what Chris was talking about with The Mandalorian, you know, if you think about it, you know, however many years ago it was, something like 30, 40 years ago, George Lucas presents us with Star Wars and Indiana Jones, right? But there we are with Star Wars, and Star Wars has just blossomed into this mega billion dollar, you know, uh, iconic property. 
Mm-hmm. There have been many different stories from little little mini animation series stuff about the stormtroopers right. all the way to this. Because when you really look at it, just like with the, the Avengers, uh, the Marvel movies, they're really stories about the human condition in some way, shape, or form, and we just change uniforms. We just right. change backdrops. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know when, when, yeah, that's it. And you and I know that... Uh... With all respect to George Lucas and everybody he worked with, he didn't invite, he didn't invent those genres because they go back to the '50s sci-fi and the mm-hmm. and the '30s pulp. You know, um, I learned that from working with Pulp Fest, yay, um, <laughs> and all the beautiful uh, uh, stuff that they keep alive. God bless them. Um, but it's just told again and told in a different form and now that we're in to tie this all together now that we're in this situation for an extended period of time we are finding creatives are finding ways to tell their damn story even though they're painted into a corner so so let's play with that for a little bit if you don't mind i mean for instance um if you're if you're working in the the paper or or digital print kind of uh, environment. Now you have obviously prose, you know, P-R-O-S-E. Mm-hmm. You can write your short stories, you can write your, your novels, novelettes, no, you know, all of those things. You can do your micro and, and your short fiction and your Mac, you know, you can do all these different things. As a matter of fact, um, micro fiction, I, I found out so amusing that the shortest story ever written to a record that's been acknowledged as a shorter story was one by, if I remember right, it's Hemingway. Yep. And it's, and it's six words, right? Mm-hmm. You know, was it, uh, let me see if I get it right. I have it down. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Yep. That's it, you know. And I, I've played, you know, I've played this. I've, I've read this to my students, and I then asked them, what does that conjure in your head? What does that mean? What do you see? And almost to a student, they all get baby died. Yeah. Right. You know, one student said something along the lines of but was leaning more towards the baby died. But one student was thinking they bought these shoes and they never use them and they're selling. But then you realize, well, there's no real there's no real drama to that. There's no real conflict to that. So, yeah. And that's a hardcore positive thinker right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, so- if I if the story is right, Hemingway was uh, um uh, in a bar with some other writers and uh, on a bet, they said, he, you know, he can tell the story anyway. And they said, tell the story. And I think they gave him 10 words or less or something like that. And on a cocktail napkin or something. Again, I might have the story completely wrong. And anybody out there who can correct me, cool comments, we'll love it. Um, but there you go. Boom, boom, boom. Six yeah. words evoking loss and and. and, yep. and tragedy and heartbreak um yeah we can do this this. but so here's the thing you know if you look at the written word that way okay so that's like a real micro story and and then there's the little shorter versions or a little longer versions that come behind that but if you think about the digital video world i'm looking at TikTok, I'm looking at um, IGTV, I'm looking at, what is the one that's on uh, Instagram now? They've got uh, Reels. Excuse me? Reels. Reels, Reels, right. Um, Reels. Reels. And and they're like 15 seconds. 
and you can string them together. And so people have started doing that, where they maybe have a 30-second story they want to tell, a product they want to promote, or something they want to share. And so they're doing it in increments, you know, and that's, that's a whole nother thing. But again, that's micro storytelling. And, you know, you can, you can do your own video because, you know, these phones and, and tablets and things that we have have pretty decent cameras. You can shoot whole stories with them, and people have. But looking at what kind of stories do you want to tell, how are you telling them, uh, where are you telling them from, you know, and giving yourself time each day to actually develop that. If you want to be a filmmaker, you've got tools in your house, more than likely, that you can use to start filming things until you can get to heavy-duty equipment, uh, take a class or whatever else is, is, is on your, your bucket list. Uh, and certainly as writers, even if your computer battery is drained, there's, there's one of these things, you know, Papermate, Bic, they're all still making these. I think this is called a pen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And I sit around, I sit around my house with, um, you know, especially at my desk, I sit around with pens, pencils, markers, they're different colors. Uh, I have lined paper as well as unlined paper. Plus I have a tablet, a, 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 yeah, pencil. Ooh, oh, pencil. Oh. Um, you know, I have, I have I have tools to write on or draw with in my house. And so there's never a reason for me to not be able to sit down and go, hmm, let me work this out. So I think that's another thing is as we as we look at what feels like this this second invasion or the rise of the you know, the Walking Dead 2. Uh, as, as we look at this, and yes, it is going to affect us. There are people who have lost people, and, and there's no way around that. Uh, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying that looking forward, in terms of moving forward, in terms of trying to bring something nurturing and maybe healing uh, out of this experience, find a way uh, to creatively express yourself find a way to tell even these little micro stories, these little, little short tales, things that, memoirs, anything to help you get it out of your head right. and onto a surface which maybe you want to share it or maybe just getting it out of you and in front of you yes. helps you heal, you know, helps you see it differently. This episode has been brought to you by Yes, You Can, you know. <laughs> Damn sick. Yeah. yeah, you know, yes, you can. There's a way to tell your story. There's a way to get your art out there. Um, and part of this COVID is, you know, the curse of COVID is very clear. The blessing of COVID is you're forced to look at things in a new way. All right, I'm home. What can I do? How can I get this creativity out? How can I, you know, I want to act. How can I do that? Well, you're you're 30. Uh, uh, classic uh, plays that you have on your shelf and, you know, rehearse a scene and do a yeah. scene and put it out there, you know. Or with monologue even, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, just so that you know that Chris and I, who are, yes, we're brilliant and handsome, uh, but also have to wrestle with, with you know, sometimes the beast. Uh, one of the things that we did uh, recently was we sat down and we had a brain trust, true, between the two of us. We, we managed to piece one together. 
And, and we, we worked out what are the episodes that we want to, the topics that we want to deal with in these episodes going forward for the rest of this year. You know, and really looking at the things that we care about, the things we're interested in, the things that we think would, you would be interested in, throwing up against the wall, putting them down on paper and saying, yeah, this seems good. Oh, what can we do with this? Because it gives us something to work towards. It gives us something to look forward to. There's certain things we're very passionate about. And we're excited about, about that. So projecting tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, projecting beyond today, projecting beyond whatever mood you're in right now, and giving yourself things to look forward to is another way of healing, another way of keeping you motivated. You know, and, and even if you do a little bit, you know, so uh, there's so many different theories. You know, give yourself a word count or give yourself just a time count, you know. And mm. when I said that, those of you who are struggling with that, one sounded better than the other. Well, <laughs> listen to yourself. <laughs> exactly. And it's not like, all right, I'm going to write for just 11 hours. That, over 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then the next day go for 25 or something like that and, and build yourself up and you'll find where your groove is. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other thing too is if, you, if you're working on a story um, and you sit down for those 20 minutes and it's not coming, you know, write something else. You know, if, if, if the thing that you are trying to make happen isn't happening but something else pops in, start writing. Because sometimes it's, it's like the warm up. Yeah, you get the brain and the hand and the going, and suddenly, oh, 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 okay. I put this aside. Now let me get to that other thing I wanted to do because it's there. The door is unlocked. The windows are up. The sun's shining in. Whatever it is, whatever metaphor you want. So oh, yeah. don't beat yourself. Instead, take care of yourself. Yeah. Let give yourself some, you know, some space. And you know, I say this all the time, but let it suck. Yeah. 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 A crappy couple of pages, a crappy couple of paragraphs, is that's a that's a happy problem, because then you can look at it and say, oh man, that sucks. Then ask yourself why. Mm. How would it suck less? You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I did this, suck less. Right? The sequel. It, <laughs> yeah. That's a key choice, right? Mm -hmm. If you say, well, it sucks. I can't do this. I can't do that. Those are all just pushing yourself away. Have faith in yourself. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, think of some of the stuff that's out there that you're like, wait, you know what? I can tell that story better. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell that story better. But give yourself a break. Get that editor, you know, shut up, shut up. Yeah. yeah. And, and just get the story out. That was, that was him just burping, belching, puking the story out of his just system. Just get it out. The microphone. Go back and, you know, I believe in, you know, this, uh, rewrite, you know. That's mm -hmm. the, the, the way to write is to rewrite, you know? Rewriting has saved many careers. It's yeah. exactly established many careers. Because, again, 99% of the time, nothing comes out the first time perfect. Yeah. So yeah. so what are we going to call this episode? COVID create creativity? I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. You know? He's like, all right, that, that, those two words need a rewrite. Yeah. You know, Hemingway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get back to that. Get back to rewrite. For sale. <laughs> Title. Yeah, <laughs> never used. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, to you know, once again, folks, thank you for being there, for sticking with us, all that. Please do comments. Anything that we've said that you you know more about, more information, correct us on it. You want to share some techniques that are working for you, all that. Drop it in the comments. Send us yeah. an email. Send up a flare. You know, skywrite. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. That's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Chris, as always. Always a pleasure, brother. Same, same. Okay, take care, everybody. Peace. Wash your hands. <laughs>